Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. Last Sunday, I ended the message on the note of Joseph's steadfast faith in believing God when things were good and when things were not so good. And I'm just going to take it from there this morning as we anticipate the Christian calendar and the resurrection that we celebrate historically next Sunday. Because this week, in that historic Passion Week, Jesus entered into Jerusalem. And there are some things that he said in that entry that's going to speak to us from where we left off last week. So Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 22. By faith Joseph, when he was dying, he was not in agony, he was not desperate, he was not afraid. Think about that. Many people in their dying moments are scared to death itself not knowing what is on the other end. But Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. This man is on his deathbed. And for many of us, many in, in the natural, in the natural, when a person is dying, what, what are the things you're thinking about? Your family, your household, you want to make sure everything is in order, your children will not suffer, your wife will be taken care of, and so forth and so on. Joseph, though, has such a keen presence of mind, not just of his wife, of Ephraim or Manasseh, his children, but he had lived a life, obviously, Counting a presence of God has become second nature to him now. So for him, it's not just about his wife. He was confident that his wife would be taken care of. It was not about his children. He was absolutely confident that the God that brought him from Canaan saw him through being sold into slavery. Saw him through being thrown into prison. Saw him promoted suddenly from prison to the palace. Was as it was certain, he was, he was very confident that our God would not have done all of that and then not take care of his family. But one thing, though, he was concerned about the people he was living will they live in the same expectation, in the same confidence of faith that he had lived through? And therefore, he charged them, I am dying, but the plan of God, the vision of God, is not dying. Well, God spoke to my forefather in Abraham and then to Isaac and later to Jacob. Joseph was carrying it dearly. And he said to them, when I die, don't bury me in Egypt. Because I believe the word that God spoke. That that word will come to pass and when it comes to pass, be sure to take my remains out of here to that promised land. Let me, let me just throw this out on the outside. There are some things that God has said to you that you will see to pass in your lifetime. But many things. Many, many things that God has said to you, you will see them come to pass in your lifetime. There are some, however, that is generational. In other words, you will carry and nurture it to a season. And at that appointed time, you pass the baton on. Because you know it tarries, but it will come to pass. It may just not be in your generation. Because what, what Joseph is saying to us here was first spoken to Abraham. Abraham was faithful in his tenor. Passed it on to Isaac. Isaac was faithful in his tenor. Passed it on to Jacob. And ultimately, the fulfillment did not even come to pass in Joseph's life, but Joseph knew it was going to come to pass. Now, what 
gave Joseph this kind of a confidence? Because you need to understand what happened. I mean, we, we read some of the scriptures. I want to take you into the scriptures so you can really, really get into the mind of the scriptures itself. When Joseph gave them this charge, do you not know it will be 430 years later for this to take place? Think about that. It didn't happen the next day or the next week or the next month. 430 years. Okay, put that on the shelf. Let's deal with something else. To whom did Joseph give the instruction? While those guys are alive 430 years later? No. But whoever received that instruction was careful to understand this is not an instruction to be trifled with. Passed it on to the next generation. This is what God told Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph charged us. We've done our time, we're on our way, but don't mess it up. And on and on and on for 430 years. And then you're going to read in Exodus 13 that on the day that God delivered Israel out of Egypt, 430 years later, as they were being ushered in haste out of Egypt, there was a process of mind to recognize prophecy being fulfilled. And these men, out of that presence of mind, went to where they kept the coffin because they never buried him. They only embalmed, embalmed him and placed him in a coffin. Never buried. Can you just imagine the children? What does this represent? Oh, the word of the Lord is going to come to pass. God gave a word years ago that we're going to be removed out of this land. And when you see this coffin, it's a remembrance that we are waiting for that day of deliverance. So finally the day comes. And they went as they were leaving Egypt to retrieve that coffin and now look at 40 years in the wilderness. Can you imagine? Carrying a coffin 40 years in the wilderness. And they were moving from place to place and they never dropped the coffin. They didn't say, man, we're tired of carrying this burden. Let's just bury it here in the wilderness of sin and be gone with it. We don't know when we're going to arrive in Canaan. Let's be done with it. No. We give Israel a bad rap, but we've never really looked into their lifestyle. Now, why am I taking us in, in this route? Because in the scriptures, there were only two times that Jesus wept. Two times. Recorded in the scriptures that they wept. Number one, John chapter 11. At the tomb of Lazarus. Very short verse. Jesus wept. So why was he weeping? Is the resurrection and life? He knew he could raise the man up. The death was not his problem. But as he looked at the agony of the people, at the hopelessness, and at the fact that even though he was standing there with them and telling them that he would live again, their unbelief made him to weep. The overwhelming unbelief that was tearing him in the face made him to weep and wonder what will it take for people to believe that I am the son of God and the resurrection and the life and that if anything dies he had the ability and the power to call it back to life that made him to weep Let's go to the second time. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. This is that week now before the passion, the week in which he went to the cross. Luke chapter 19. Verse 41. 
Now, as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. This is the second time that Jesus will weep. Saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, Ah, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave you in one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. May God help you and I. To not recognize the God's Kairos moment. The season and a time in which God is at work to bring to pass in our lives the thing that amount to peace. Peace talking about wholesomeness, prosperity, joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment. He looked at Jerusalem. And he wept. And the Bible says, even especially you. Why you? Why? Why that emphasis? Because the Jews were the ones to which Jesus came. They were supposed to be the custodians of the oracle of God. They were the ones that should have been teaching the rest of the nations about God and what God had intended for the nations. And he looked at them, if you will, the church. And he said, wow, I cannot find faith in the church. I cannot find people in the church who will believe me, who will understand my purpose, who will know that I've come to lift you up. I've come to give you redemption. I've come to give you prosperity, peace, satisfaction, joy. My goodness, I cannot find anyone in the church who believes that I am the son of God. And he wept. Unbelief makes God weep. That's why the book in the book of Hebrew describes it as evil wickedness. Unbelief. It makes him weep. And in this passage in Luke 19, it says, you've missed the day of your visitation. Not you, in Jesus' name. What is a day of visitation? We go to a few verses of scriptures and see what happens when God chooses to visit a place. When God chooses to show up, when he, when he decides to show up, what happens? Change takes place. Change takes place. Change takes place. First one in Genesis. Let me show you the first one in Genesis, chapter 21. Unbelief makes us weep. Why? Because that's the only thing that can stop God from being God in your life. That's the only thing that can stop God from being God. He loves you. He blesses you. He desires for the best for you. But all of those things can only happen to the degree that you allow him to do so by believing. Hebrews 11.6 for without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's not possible to please him without faith. Why? Because the Bible says, those that believe must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You've got to believe there's a reward for you. You've got to believe there's a reward for you. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that we should not cast away our confidence because we know that our confidence has a reward. So Joseph, even though he went through ups and downs, challenges, distress, 
persecution, ridicule. Even though he went through all these things, which is common to man, he never lost his confidence. Now, when I say confidence, I'm not talking about his man-made confidence. No. I'm not talking about his pedigree, his education, his status. No, no, no. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, I have no confidence in the flesh. Our confidence should never be in what we've accomplished, what we can get, what we can do, what we know. Absolutely not. Because those things can change in, 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 in nanoseconds. The confidence should never be in you or your flesh or what you can accomplish or what you have done or what you have or what you can get or who you know. Now, when you have confidence in Christ, it can help what you can accomplish. It can help what you can get. It can help what you know. It can help all those other things. But you've got to put the priority in the right place. That's why Paul says, I count all things as loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Our confidence must be in him. Now, Genesis 21. Genesis 21. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. When God visits you he will do what he has said. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. You're not hearing me. I say when God visits you he will do what he has said in the name of Jesus. Verse 2 For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. God's visitation brings a change into your life. And I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know what's been dead in your life. I don't know what's been barren in your life. But I'm speaking to you right now in the name of Jesus that because of God's presence, every barrenness in your life will begin to bring up fruit in the name of Jesus. If you've been barren, you produce. You produce. You produce. In the name of Jesus. If you are believing for a child, in the name of Jesus, because of God's presence, you will be with child. In the name of Jesus, this is the day of God's visitation. If your business, if your business is been barren, if your business has been struggling, on God's visitation, it turns around every shortage in your business to turn it to profitability. In the name of Jesus, God brings the heavens factor on your account and every lack will be turned into supply. In the name of Jesus. That's what happens when he visits. That's what happens. Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. Verse 31. So, the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked on their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshipped. So not only does God's visitation cancel every barrenness in your life, God's visitation also brings redemption into your situation. Whatever you have been in that has caused you to be afflicted, I am saying to you that in that fairy furnace of affliction, God brings redemption. What the enemy has meant for evil, what the enemy has intended to destroy you, on this day of God's visitation in your life, God is turning it around. I say he's turning it around. Oh, if you believe it, you'll be turning around. 
Hallelujah. I said, God is turning around for bags. <laughs> this is your day of turn around this is your day to display the goodness of God and his faithfulness in Jesus name when God shows up there's a turn around go ask Peter a businessman who fished all night and caught nothing nothing he couldn't show anything not one fish for all night fishing until Jesus stepped into the boat. That's the change he brings. And I'm saying to you in, this, in Jesus' name, God is bringing change into your life because of his presence in Jesus' name. Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 6. Then she arose, that's Naomi, with her daughter-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. On the day of God's visitation, there will be provision for you. Amen. I say, on the day of God's visitation, there will be provision. Amen. Where you've lacked, there will be provision. Amen. Where there's been shortage, there will be supply. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. this is what God does. But you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. One more scripture. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. Hallelujah. Verse 10. For thus is the Lord. After seven years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. Ah, on the day of God's visitation, Amen. there's restoration. Amen. Everything you have lost, everything has been stolen from you. Gold for the things of gold. Silver for the things of silver. Bronze for the things of bronze. God is restoring to you right now in the name of Jesus. Now, now, as good as this was, let me read this, read this passage one more time. And then we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Luke 19, verse 41. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city and prevailed, saying, If you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you. That's not us. Surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave you in one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Now this is the difference. And this is huge. Everything I've told you, Sarah in Genesis 21, Israel in Exodus chapter 4, Ruth in Ruth chapter 1. Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29. All of those things were days of visitation. All of those times were times before the cross. As good as visitation was. Think of what you have now. Those were the days of visitation. He came and left. He visited you and left. But today, since the cross, he's not making visitations. 
we are now his habitation. Hallelujah. If under the visitation I can get restored, if under the visitation I can become fruitful, I can bear children, if under visitation I have supply in abundance, if under visitation I have salvation, how much more when the Son of God is dwelling in me by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm no longer looking for a visitation. I am his habitation. I am Jesus' address in Lawrenceville. Hallelujah. For he lives and moves and hovers there right inside of me. For I am Deal. Hallelujah. I have an expectation to believe God for deliverance. I have an expectation to believe God for fruitfulness. I have an expectation to believe God for all my needs to be met. Yes. Why? He lives in me now. Amen. Don't look for Jesus in Jerusalem. Look for him here. I miss the address. If you want to know where heaven is, look at Banga Kimola. I don't know about you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you guys. I don't know who you serve. But I'm telling you right now, Jesus lives here. Amen. So, folks, I'm telling you, going back to the basic, the issue is believing. Do you believe you are His address? It's not going back and forth like he's going to Kroger to buy milk and come back. Is packed in you. Yes. So everything you need or will ever need is right there. They asked Jesus in John chapter 6 to show them the works of God. And answer them very simply in verse 29. You want to, know, you want to see the work of, God, work of God? You want to know the work of God? Believe. I want to pray now. I'm not saying anything else. I want to pray. I want to pray. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. Can we believe God? Can we have confidence in what God has said? Can we have the same kind of confidence that Joseph had? Hebrews 10 35 says, Cast not away your confidence has reward. What's the reward? Oh my goodness. What is the reward? The disciples came to Jesus and said, listen, we've left all and followed you. What do we have? Is there a reward for believing God? Is there a reward for believing God? Yes, there is. There is. And it doubles back to what I said a few minutes ago. Look at what God said, and we're about to pray. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you are desperate for. But if I were you, and I need to get hold of God this morning, I'm going to make a beeline to this altar and get a hold of God in a way and manner that you've never done. I'm talking about violent faith. Genesis 15 verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, do not be afraid. I am your shield. Your exceeding great reward. So when the Bible says, cast not away your confidence, that's a great recompense of reward. No, he is not talking about my Tesla car. He's not talking about the mansion. Those are fringe benefits. What he is talking about is that your confidence in believing him will bring you a reward. What's that reward? Him. Genesis 15, he says, Abraham, I'm your great reward. Not the land, not the car. Not the husband or the wife or the children. I am. What does I am mean? I am that I am. Oh my God. I am your reward. 
am there. What is it you're looking for? I am. I am. I'll fulfill all your needs. I'll bring you all the joy you need. I'll give you peace. I'll give you long life. I'll give you prosperity. I am life. I am. Look to me. Trust me. Believe me. I am your great reward. You say, I don't have a lot of money in my bank account. Ah, Jehovah said, I am. When the bill is due, and you know what I am. And no, by the way, by the way, this is the truth. Oh my God, I just recall this. I remember, Sammy, in Gombe, Nigeria. Oh my goodness, Mr. Jim. Long time ago, we went there to do a meeting. I was going to pay the hotel in US dollars. Because I have not changed currency to the local currency. The hotel said no, they won't take US dollars. I have a team of about nine people from the US with me. We need to pay for the conference and the rooms where to stay. True story. So they said we're going to give you one day to go and find Naira. Every time they bring a bill, true story. I sign the bill, I am that I am. Day one, day two, day three, or there for about seven days. On the last day of the meeting, as the meeting was concluding, Bola Fadehon, who was working with us then, I don't know where she went. I've never seen a thing where you cannot find nada for dollars in Nigeria. That was back in the day. As the meeting was disposed, we say benediction. Here she runs in. She's found a solution. And brought the money and we paid and we left. But this is the point. Every point during the meeting, we ate. How did I sign? I didn't sign my name. I signed, I am that I am. And those guys never bothered us for seven days. What are you looking for? That is not lost. I am your exceeding great reward. Believest thou this? God said, I am your reward. Not the Super Bowl. Not the NBA. Not the stock market. None of those things. I am your reward. Sign my name to it. That's what he said. Put my name on the line and see if I will not answer. Ah, is there anybody here this morning that want to dare God? Oh, hallelujah. Sign his name and see if you will not honor it. I double dare you to come to this altar and sign God's name to your account and see if God will not answer. Please move this out of the way. This altar is open right now. Don't run off. Come for me here, please. Come. Since we'll be standing and believing God, I'm already hearing more testimonies about jobs. But at the right time, we bring the testimony before the whole body. Pastor Tosin, Pastor Mary, please come. Line of Pastor Goodness. Pastor Shino here. Believe God. Believe God as if life depends on it. Where's Bartholomew? Dominic. Where's Dominic? Oh, come, come. You're right here in front of me. I'm sorry. Praise God. I don't know what that one thing 
that's eating you in the wrong place. Or maybe two things. Or maybe three things. But if in a day of visitation, God did the things we just read about, how much more will he not do now? much more. We have time. You guys take it one by one. Let's believe. Let's believe. Let's believe our people. Let's believe God. Let's believe God. Let's believe God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. As we are praying, I remember another time. My wife and I, Sami Badaki, Pastor Melvin, his wife, were in Kano, Nigeria. We have bought a plane ticket to fly from Kano to Lagos. And the airline cancelled on us. And we had no money left. And then at a particular time, another airline came by willing to take passengers to Lagos, but we had, we, by this time we had no money. Sammy, do you remember that day? <laughs> Uh, and in that moment a man walked up to me and said are you bank Akimola I said yes he said would you be willing to take this flight I said yes but I have no money and not only that there are five of us in the team so I not only need a ticket for myself but I need a ticket for the entire team and the man said, you don't know me, but I remember you from when you came to preach my, preach my church in Lagos. I have enough money to buy tickets for all of you. And the man paid for the ticket on that spot. And we were on our way to Lagos. I am not talking of what I read in the book. <laughs> I am talking about the God who lives. And is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which you are able to think or ask according to the power of God that's at work right now thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mama Mande Reke Besho Kotolo Kobarakaba. Reke Bohuna Rakabashakatele do Kobarakaba. Mama Mande Reke Besho Kotolo do Kobarak. Minister Jim. Minister Jim. Help me on the line. Help me on the line. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mama mande reke berokoba. Reke besho kotolo dokoba rakaba. Mama mama inde reke be honda rakaba baba ha. Reke besho kotolo dokoba ha. Mama mama inde reke berokoba. Hmm. Reke besho kotolo dokoba rakaba. Mama 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 inde reke berokoba ra. Reke besho kotolo do ko barakaba. Mama mama, 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We demolish every unbelief. We demolish every unbelief. We demolish every unbelief. In the name of Jesus. We demolish every unbelief. In the name of Jesus. We demolish it. We demolish it. We demolish it. We demolish it. Every unbelief in the name of Jesus. Maraka Baba, Indereka Bishokotolo Dokuba. Miraka Bahandere. We hold on to the word of God. We stand upon the word of God. The word of God works. It's working for us. In the name of Jesus. Mamma Handereke Beho. Ireke Beho Naraka Baba. Ireke Bishokotolo Dokuba. Mama, 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 handa rakabaha. Ereke beshe kete lodoko barakababa. Ereke besho kote lodoko baha. Mama, mandere kete beho rakababa baha. Eh, mama, mandere kete besho kote lodoko. Mama, 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 Ereke besho kote lodoko baha. Mama, mandere kete besho kote lodoko. Maraka Basha Maraka Bahanda Araka Maraka Baba I'm just thinking with Dominic, it's good man. Maraka basha katele doko. Maraka basha katele doko ba. Maraka baba bahane reke besho kotolo doko ba. Reke beho naraka baha. Reke besho kotolo doko ba. Reke besho kotolo doko ba. Maraka ba. Mama mama ndere ke be shokotolo do koba Mandara ka bashaka tolo do Thank you Lord Jesus Thank you Lord Jesus Thank you Lord Jesus Thank you Lord Thank you Lord Thank you Lord Jesus Thank you Lord Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. 
can change it now. You guys can get started. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Muraka Baba shake it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 just I'm just compelled to say something you see sometimes God walks there's a way that God walks he connects things together how many of you were in the morning prayer this morning you were in the morning prayer this morning okay what happened in morning prayer there's a connection I don't know pastor did you did you share notes of pastor goodness okay you did not so you see God is at work right so in other words I'm trying to tell you there's something rumbling in the spirit There's something rumbling in the spirit. So if I were you, I would take this message to heart. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. It's your time. I said it's your time. I said it's your time. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you for the blessings of today. We receive your word, O oh God. We thank you like we have heard that we can take that word to the bank. We can sign your name on your word. And it will be so, oh God. Thank you for the sealing of the blessings that you have done today. Thank you for testimonies that will come. Because it's our time. We give you praise. We bless your holy name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's get ready to give our offerings. Let's make it, it's my time offering. I want you to, I mean, put it... Put something there. You can put it there on the envelope. Say, it's my time offering. It's my time.
Are we all ready? All right, if we are ready, let's follow the direction of the ushers.